We are coming in hot. The podcast. Welcome to Coming In Hot. Thank you live from Airplay Beats for the intro music. We are recording live from New Darling Media Studios in Midtown Sack. Now, we got a we got two special guests today. And I'm just starting this off because at the end of every show, I ask who should come on next. And I'm keeping my promises here, Sacramento and surrounding areas. We got Toki and Craig from Bencho Yaki in the house. So let me just tell you a little bit of background about how, how I know these two. And Toki, I don't know if you remember this, but I met you at the Tower Bridge dinner. Do you remember that night? Yes. Okay, yes, cool. You're, be- you're, you're a better drinker than I am because I don't remember stuff. I don't remember uh, shit. I, I tell you. And then Craig, you know, we, we hit it off first time we met. We, we ran into each other at different events around SAC. Um, one event that I want to tell you about Craig, you know, we, we were at the, uh, the sausage fest over there in front of lowbrow. And I kept at, I kept telling them, I'm like, they just like picked the name out of the, out of the hat. And I came up and Craig kept saying, Cecil, look around. You, you would like some of the top chefs. You belong here. And I'm like, man, nah, nah. They just, they just picked me out of a hat and I won the whole goddamn thing. So, <laughs> you know, I just want to thank Craig for keeping my head up that night. So. I just want to welcome you two to the podcast. Welcome to coming in hot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. You know, thank you. Nah, you guys are doing your thing. So let's, let's get to the beginning of, I want to go through each one of your stories real quick. So we'll start with you, Toki. How did you get into the restaurant business and, you know, all the way to, we'll stop at the beginning of open up Bencho Yaki because we'll get into that later. Man, I, I don't know. I finished high school. I grew up down in LA in the suburbs. Okay. And I finished high school and, you know, I was that typical, you know, 3.8, whatever, get into UC, go to college and do that kind of stuff. But I mm-hmm. just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I told my parents that, you know, I don't want that right of UC. So let me just go to a city college okay. and figure out what I really want to do. And so I was at P- Pasadena City College. And one day I was working at Gap, every every girl that works at the mall. And <laughs> I was replenishing some clothes and I bumped into this girl that was wearing a culinary uniform. And then as soon as she turned around, I'm like, I'm going to go to this school. Okay. What what and what I, a culinary school was that down in Pasadena? It was called the Le Cordon Bleu in Pasadena. Oh, okay. California School of Ordinary Arts. Oh, nice. And so the next day, I went to their school campus, got all the information, told my parents, and my dad was like, hell no, you ain't going to culinary school. I got the same thing for my parents, okay. The typical Asian dad of like, that's a man's job. You can't do that job. And I was like, you know what? I got this. Fuck you then. Mm-hmm. So I got myself my own school loan mm-hmm. paid for myself, went to 
full-time, had a job, two jobs full-time to pay for the tuition. And second class in, that's when I met this guy. Mm, okay. So I've known this guy for, what, 20 years now? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Was it the dimples? Did the dimples get you? I don't know. It was the first one. It's like, can I get a cigarette from you? <laughs> yeah. And then eight years later, figured out, it's like, this fool never ran out of cigarettes. How did he ask me for a cigarette that one night? <laughs> so here we are now. Mm-hmm. Years later, we're all together. All right. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been married? Twelve. Twelve years. Oh wow! Congratulations, you two. All right, Craig. Let's let's get over to you, man. Like, uh, how how did you start in the culinary uh, industry? And you know, like, uh, what what were some of your uh, your stories and your struggles? Well, you know, it's uh, I I kind of just started working. My first job, I was working at Oto's, this little Japanese grocery store here in Sacramento. Yep, and, I know Oto's. Uh, you know, learned how to, you know, the owner was a butcher. He taught me how to butcher and cut fish and do all that stuff. And so uh, that was kind of my start, I guess, in the culinary world. And then I ended up moving out to, I was living in Santa Barbara, actually. And mm-hmm. I was going to City College and I was working at a grocery store over there. And my dad was like, hey, you know you're not really that good with this whole school thing. Maybe you should try to use your hands because you, you seem to be good with your hands. I said, yeah, well, all right. He's like, you know, I'm, I, I was down in LA last week and I, and I set you up with an appointment at a culinary school. And I was like, Oh, you did. Cool. He's like, yeah. So go down there and go get a tour and figure it out. Mm-hmm. So ended up going to culinary school and uh, that's obviously where I'm at Toki there too. And, uh, um, kind of actually ended up liking it and, you know, kind of just pursued it a little more and ended up working in a bunch of restaurants down there. A lot of French restaurants, hotels, things like that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, ended up getting into a Japanese restaurant and, uh, really liked the food and, uh, that restaurant didn't make it very well, but then, uh, uh, got headhunted by some, another group to, uh, help run this huge, like 300 seat restaurant. Mm. And, uh, they sent me to Japan. I got to train, uh, spent a few months over there, uh, doing that, learning the food and, uh, you know, really just enjoyed doing that and ended up moving up here and, you know, said, Hey, well, you know, worked around here for a little bit and then just said, you know, I can't, I, I can't work for anybody anymore. This is, everybody's crazy. So, yeah. you know, I, I need to kind of do my own thing. And so, uh, you know, we finally kind of settled on doing this, you know, it's, uh, you know, small plates and the grill and that kind of stuff. It's always something I always love. So, you know, that's kind of where we, where we are now. So. Yeah. yeah. But you got to tell him about the, the, the Mr. Odo that never gave up on Craig. Cause he was the type of guy that never showed up to work on time. Mm. He not leave the bed. So his mom used to tell me that Mr. <laughs> Odo used to show up at his house, drag him out of bed and take him to work. <laughs> so if it wasn't for him, yeah. he wouldn't have been able to be able to continue this path, you know, but, much respect. I had the same thing. I was working down at a uh, Sutro's kitchen down uh, by, at the cliff house down in San Francisco. And every Saturday 
I'll, I'll get off of work uh, Friday night. I'll go down to, you know, go out to the bar, party all night. And they always put me on Saturday morning. And I always told them they already know how I got down, especially San Francisco, mid-20s. You know, like I'm out here partying, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, doing everything under the sun, treating my body like an amusement park. And they always put me on Saturday morning. And one day I'm in, the, I'm in the, um, I'm going downstairs in the, um, in the employee elevator and the executive chef, he's never there. That one day I step in and there he is. And all he said was like, never be late again. So I went to my sous chef. I was like, bro, you know, I'm not going to wake up on time. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so this, this put me back at nights, man. <laughs> exactly. Definitely being in this industry, we we knew how to pickle our liver. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, I'm a pickle. I can't go back to a cucumber for sure. Yeah, so I think I think I think we're much wiser now, but yeah, <laughs> I just stopped. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I just stopped. I was like, I can't, I can't do it to my body no more. Hey, let me, let me, let me ask you a question about culinary school, because this is a question that I get all the fucking time. Should I go to culinary school? Craig, I was at Moxie for five years before I went to culinary school, you were at Oto's for how many years before you went to culinary school? I was there for about three years. Yeah. And then Toki, you went straight to culinary school. What, I did. what will you tell? What do you tell people? Cause I know you get the question all the time. Should I go to culinary school? Oh, that just depends on if you can learn quickly or not, you know, like culinary school kind of gives you that, that training and that, that, that kind of the background of everything and, and, you know, terminology of like what things are, what, you know, like if I want something to be cut a certain way or whatever, mm-hmm. then you kind of have that terminology and basics yeah. of cooking, you know, uh, one of my chef mentors who never went to culinary school is one of the best chefs that I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just kind of depends on how you pick it up. You know, if you can pick it up and you can learn quickly, then, you know, you don't need to go to culinary school. You just need to learn and pay attention. You know, yeah. and I always felt the the best investment is investment in yourself. So mm-hmm. if you pay attention when you're in the kitchen and you want to listen and you want to, you want to learn these things and pick them up. There's no need to go to culinary school. But if you, you know, you think it's, it's like kind of a, supposed to be like, Oh, you're going to come out of culinary school and you're just going to be an executive chef and mm-hmm. you're just going to make this amount of money this whole time. And you're going to be really good. But you got C's all the way through and you don't even know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. No, you definitely need to go to culinary <laughs> school and you need to learn and pay attention. But you know, people want to work hard and they want to get out there and they want to learn from the, you know, the people that they're, they're working for. Then, you know, I say it's, it's not necessary. Yeah. I've even had chefs. I went for a job. They're like, you know, I really don't like that. You went to culinary school mm-hmm. I see on the resume right here. You went to culinary school. I really don't like that. You know, but yep. I see progression in, in, in your, in your, you know, positions that you've held and things like that. And so, you know, that's why basically we're having the conversations about, uh, you know, moving up and maybe me taking over as a chef at their establishment mm-hmm. or whatnot. But, um, you know, a lot of that is the progression. It's just, if you can keep progressing and you can get better and you can retain the information, then, you know, fuck culinary school, like yeah. it's a waste of money then. 
if you're going to do it and you can learn it and pay attention, then by all means, just go straight into the kitchens and get moving. Just pay attention to the people who obviously know more than you. So there you go. I'm still learning these days. I learn, I go to these events like with you guys and I'm learning stuff from you guys, but who else is going to be teaching me right now? Right. Yeah. And I just try to teach the guys that are, that are working for me now too. Hopefully then they can be better and they can move, move on in their, in their culinary world. And, uh, you know, hopefully be an asset to whomever they go to. And so, you know, it's all we can do right now, I guess, but culinary school, I guess is not totally necessary, but I, I, I teach everybody everything that I know just so I can have a favor that they're going to owe me later. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Toki, so, so, Toki, I, I'm, I'm a new chef and you, uh, I'm, I'm somebody new coming to you saying, Hey, I want to go to culinary school. What are you telling them, Toki? I, versus, Who's going to pay for that? Because to me, I feel like if your parents are going to pay for it, if you're going to pay for it, I feel like money value is a little different on how you invest in yourself. You know, like I feel like I went to straight culinary school, but I also grew up in a restaurant industry because my uncle was a sushi chef. My great grandfather had his own restaurant. My cousin has his own and my family too. So investing in myself with that culinary school and paying for it on my own, you know, I feel like I have to get something out of it. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to waste my time sitting there getting a C average, you know, fiddling my fingers, watching the chef do all the demos. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I literally put myself in there, you know, make sure that my every penny that I spent and interest that I paid that what I'm turning 40 this year and I'm still paying, you know, for that small amount of culinary school mm-hmm. that I went 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you, know, you got to make it worth it. You know, I remember I used to drink with my friend Buddha and back in the day, we always say, you got to be somebody and you know, it's your choice and how you put yourself into that situation. And I feel like if you invest in yourself and if it's your choice, if it's what you want to make out of it, I, I I wish I would have had your mindset back then because I fucked around. I was over the top with it. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're, we're in 2016. When did Bencho Yaki, when, when did you guys say, you know, I know you kind of said a little bit earlier, Craig, but you guys, you know, like you said that you're tired of working for other people. Why don't you just work for yourself? Why Bencho Yaki? Um, why that style of cooking? And you guys don't have any kind of sushi rolls or anything, right? Correct? Heck no. Heck no. As much as we love eating sushi, mm-hmm. we didn't want to be a Japanese restaurant that served sushi. Yeah. Because everybody has sushi. Mm-hmm. Everybody already knows sushi. Everybody knows that Japanese food is sushi and teriyaki. So we wanted to be different. We wanted the comfort food. We wanted the soul food. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that we ate at home, you know, mm-hmm. that, that we grew up eating. So we wanted to be different. Huh. Yeah, definitely be different. And, you know, 
I went to I, I I went to Japan, trained to work on these, you know, the barbecues that we use at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love barbecue. It doesn't matter what it is, you know, anything barbecue. If there's coals and there's fire, like I have, I, I love it. I like the smell. I like the way it tastes, you know, that kind of thing. And so it was like, you know, we didn't, Sacramento did not have a restaurant like that here at the time. And it was mm-hmm. like, well, this is literally something I'd just been doing for the past, you know, what, four or five years now. And it was, uh, you know, kind of a, kind of a way for us to be able to, okay, well, this is kind of something that we, we like to do. We know how to do, um, you know, we, we like to eat a little bit of this and a little bit of that Mm -hmm. and and not just, you know, this big, huge meal of, of, you know, like one thing. And, and so it was kind of a way for us to kind of showcase that and be able to do that. You know, obviously a lot of people didn't understand that in the beginning or whatnot, but we still get people like, can I get some crab rolls? And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, we get the phone call. It's like, well, I haven't really looked at your menu yet, but what kind of rolls you got? Mm. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. We've had lots of people come into the restaurant, and look at the menu and be like, oh, y'all don't got sushi. And then they just leave. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> We still joke around. We should make a neon sign saying we ain't going to serve sushi here ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, part of that too is like, why, why compete with everybody else who's doing sushi, right? That, mm-hmm. that doesn't really make sense. You know, uh, everybody always thinks a Japanese restaurant. Yeah, cool. Then you're doing sushi. And so that kind of breaks that mold. And then, you know, I looked at the demographics in, you know, Sacramento, there's like, what? It was somewhere at the time, I guess it was somewhere like 17, 18 Japanese restaurants inside Midtown. Mm. Well, they're all serving sushi. So now what, we're going to be at 19th or the 20th, you know, Japanese restaurant in Midtown serving the same thing that everyone else is serving. Mm-hmm. So trying to have a niche and be a little bit different was uh, something we wanted to do. So it was just like, okay, well, instead of having the sushi bar, let's do the barbecue bar. This yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. It's good. It's a lot of work to do all the little skewers and stuff, but it's uh, it's definitely something much better, and um, at least for us, and kind of sets us apart, makes us a little bit different. So, um, yeah, no sushi for us. Yeah. So, <laughs> so were you were you guys the first ones to sat uh, in Sacramento doing the countertop barbecue? Uh, you know, Japanese. Good. Yeah, yep. I love yeah. it. Okay. You know, I. And our barbecue doesn't even have a gas line or electric line either. It's all straight charcoal that we cook up every morning and add charcoal all day long, use a fan to control a small little window for the, the, the wind to go in. So it's, it's the real thing. No, no. And I, and I heard very good things about it. You know, I, I was taking my, uh, my chefs and my, my managers and you guys are going to be our next. We went to localities, we went to crew, and then we're going to you guys next. And then the damn pandemic hit. So, you know, when, when all this bullshit is over, that's the first place I'm, I'm bringing the crew into. Um, so how did you guys find that spot? You know, it's on, it's on at the end of, is it W and 10th or 10th yeah. and W? And yeah. how did you find that spot? Was it a restaurant before or did you guys have to go in there and gut it? Well, for a long time, it was a, it was a Japanese restaurant called Rickshaw and they were there for probably like 30 years or something. Okay. Uh, and then he finally just 
retired. You just retired and, you know, just dropped everything, said, you know what, I'm done with this, you know, and uh, then it was closed for, I think, for a couple of years and uh, a donut shop took it over and they were there for a few years. And, and that's, that's when we were driving around and we were looking like, you know, if we were about to open a restaurant, where we want to open? And we drove around and we saw that place go by. We're like, man, it would be awesome if we could open up old Japan town. Mm-hmm. But and one day we heard Doba was closing. I was like, Craig, drop me off, drop me off, park the car. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I literally got off the, got out of the car. I like banged on the window and said, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry to say, but I heard you're closing. Can I get the landlord's number? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's and great. We contacted her and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we did kind of have to go in and gut the whole place. It's a whole building and mm-hmm. it took a long time to kind of get it constructed. Nobody was, nobody, no contractors had been in that restaurant it, probably since the damn thing was built in like 1959. <laughs> so it's all. <laughs> It's like handyman fixing another handyman, fixing mm-hmm. another handyman, fixing mm-hmm. another handyman. Like I ripped down this wall and it's like, oh my God, all this is so wrong. Everything is messed up. I mean, just. It was before the blueprints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so, so you didn't get the ass bills, right? <laughs> You're the first ones to have an ass build in the place, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So. You know, um, uh, one other thing that, you know, you guys are a chef uh, destination. All the chefs in Sacramento come to Bencho Yaki. How does that make you feel? Because I'm one of those people where a lot of chefs come up to me and like, dude, your your chicken is fire. You know, like that's one of the greatest feelings you could get when your peers are like, your food is really good. This is where I come on my day off. How does that make you two feel when, because every chef that I talk to, I'm like, Hey, what's a good place? Everybody, everybody's list has Bencho Yaki on it. How does that make you guys feel? That's an honor. Yeah. It yeah. Is, it's a real honor. You know, it's, uh, uh, above and beyond everything else, you know, it's kind of like we cook and we try to cook from our heart and make soul food. And, you know, our biggest thing is just, we just want to try to make good food and hopefully people come back. And then now we have chefs standing outside of our restaurant and, mm-hmm. you know, some of these guys are been around here in Sacramento kind of helped building the scene for long before we were even open. And then for them to come and eat and then helps us help support us and, and say, Hey, let us know if you need anything and this and that, and just, you know, get to a point where sometimes I'll be, when we were open late on Fridays and Saturdays to be like, I, I've got like four executive chefs in here, you know, one mm-hmm. of them got a Michelin star and mm-hmm. you know, this and that. And it's just, it, it is, it can be, it's almost a little overwhelming. Like I hope my food's good enough, you know, and, and it is a little nerve wracking, but uh, you know, above and beyond everything else, it is, it is an honor that they like to come and eat and mm-hmm. we appreciate it very much. Uh, uh, I would much rather have, I would much rather feed chefs and people in the restaurant industry who care about food than anyone else. Or I don't need any other recognition from anyone mm-hmm. other than I have great chefs coming to eat because they like the food. That's 
the biggest recognition I can have. So it's, it's filled with love. You yeah. Know? It's, it's literally like what we all have in common. And, you know, it's, it, this industry is the thin line between love and hate, mm-hmm. you know, but you love it. But when you fucking hate it, you fucking hate it with rage, mm-hmm. you know, you just want to throw everything at it and be all pissed off. But that one small thing that gives back that we all have, it's that love and passion, you know, and people ask, it's like, well, what makes your food so good? It's like, it's super hella corny, but it's like, it's love. Yep. You know, like you can really taste the love in the food and that's all what it is. Like we have the opportunity to be in Sacramento, to be that farm to fork. We mm-hmm. have the great products. We have the, the, the veggies and fruits and the meats and everything. But if you don't have the love, then that food isn't going to be complete because you ain't serving it with love. You know, yeah. it's not you. Mm-hmm. And I think chefs, feel that and and taste that and and that's what we love about sacramento because a lot of the chefs here have that love and have that passion and they could taste it and Mm -hmm. and they come to us and and they taste our food and they taste our love and and that's that's like the greatest appreciation we could ever get from anybody you guys are dropping science right now on the cooking game (laughs) you know like and you know me of course you know like my my cooks like I there's like we're just frying chicken. I'm like, no, there's a way to do it. You know, like there's a way to, you know, get that flour, get that egg wash, get that flour again, fry, refry, you know, like there's there's a there's a way to do it. There's a way of passion behind every recipe, even though I'm not on the line cooking, you know, every day, but you know, I'm back there and I'm telling them like, hey, you know, this is the way you gotta do it. This is the way you gotta massage that chicken. This is the way you got to sprinkle that, that, that seasoning on top. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, and you have to pass that down because if, if you're not, you can't be back there every goddamn second of the day, you know, like we got bills to pay, we got payroll to do, you know, like, but if you're not teaching that to your staff either, like it's just, you, you might as well just be going to KFC, you know what I'm saying? So or, or going to that, you know, the Rayleigh's for your sushi and, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, um, you know, that's a, that, that's one thing that I think a lot of people is, is when they grow, they're not going back and talking to the staff and making sure they're learning about where you came from and why you're doing these things. And uh, a lot of stuff gets lost when, you know, um, People are, are training, are you as an owner are training your staff, you know, like you have to tell them that story. So I really appreciate you guys saying that. Um, so if, if somebody's walking into your restaurant for the first time, what's that menu item that you're telling them that they need to get? But I know you guys change your menu quite often, but is there a signature that you guys have? Or are you guys just like going off of the, you know, the barbecue menu? Well, you know, I always say try the crispy rice. It's, you know, it's one of those, it's simple, it's easy. It's kind of, it's our closest thing to sushi that you have. So it gives people that, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, that familiarized kind of a thing. Like, okay, it's sushi, but it's not sushi. We fry the rice, we put spicy tuna on top, a little chili. Um, It's great, simple, easy dish to share, that kind of thing. It's, you know, it's like basically four pieces. So, you know, it's, it's not a big commitment either. And so, 
you know, it's always a good thing. I always do say, yeah, try the barbecue too, but you know, barbecue is great, but if you eat a hundred skewers, it's going to be really expensive and then you're going to get really upset. <laughs> so, you know, that's not what you said. <laughs> well, the, skewer, the skewer is not about like a big fat bowl of and, and, and like 50 skewers. Like those skewers are meant to be like nibbled on mm-hmm. with like beer and like sake, you know, it, it's to accompaniment the alcohol. Okay. And that's why our, our sauce that we make has been aging ever since we opened, mm. you know, so no one can replicate our sauce because mm-hmm. it gets made and it's aged as years pass. Like it's, it's, it builds that character and it changes that flavor, but it's there to accompaniment your drink mm-hmm. and good company, your laughs, your, you know, with people. So whatever you feel you're eating, you know, just, just go with your intuition because we're not, we're not planning to serve you shitty ass food. Yeah. You know, then if it's shitty, then it's not on you. <laughs> <laughs> Always try to recommend whatever that tickles your pickle, right? Or okay. whatever you feel. Like. <laughs> Just choose and enjoy it and go with it with an open mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it sounds like you guys are having fun, you know, in, in the restaurant, like, and I, you know, like, you know, when you walk into a restaurant and it's stuffy and you're like, man, like, I know as soon as I sit down, like what experience I'm going to have is it, is, is the hostess cool? Is the server coming up saying, Hey, or is it just like, you know, you see people in the kitchen, are you here like clanging and all this bullshit? You already know what you're going to have. So it just seems like you guys are having fun, you know, like you're not trying to tell people what, what to eat next and how to, you know, swipe their fork on the plate. And, you know, like the the chef wants you to do this, just come in and eat some fucking good food. Right. Relax. Enjoy the people. you came. Exactly. And, and you guys are counter service. So you can even talk to people right next to you as well. All right. So exactly. Every like Friday, Saturday night, when we used to open up midnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, we're just saying like counter. So every Friday, Saturday night, like we get a lot of people that come in by themselves. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the night, when they leave, they're sitting in groups of fours, you know, cheering and drinking drinks together and nibbling on their food and talking about whatever they ordered and talking about their life, talking about their bullshit of life. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's nice to see that that one person leave with like four or five people all hanging out, making new friends like that's what a izakaya is all about, you know, and this mm-hmm. whole COVID, you know, kind of turned it upside down. But mm-hmm. We want that to come back because human, we need human interactions. You know, we need that conversation, that skin, you know, relationship. And mm-hmm. it's just, we miss it. Yeah. A izakaya is not an izakaya without that hustle and bustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they're saying we might be in the red tier this this week is is that something that you guys are looking for is that even moving the needle for you guys i know you got a small spot over there so it's maybe like two two seats <laughs> you know a downtown restaurant I'm like i got two booths then you know <laughs> so well, you know, we we have 30 seats and you know i we get miscommunication from the mayor's office and health department does that include our employees or not you know mm-hmm. so Department says it does. The mayor's office says it doesn't. And so 
Yeah. If it includes it, I, I have like eight to 10 employees already, which means immediately indoor dining is out. Mm-hmm. Well, before we even go that, they, we only got 30 seats. So think about six feet social distancing in there. Mm-hmm. That ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and plus, you know, having what, five seats, you know, and having a full inventory and having our full staff, like no matter how many times we tried to turn the table, it's not feasible. Like mm-hmm. as much as we want to, but realistically, come on, like we can't pay our bills with, five seats being open from four to 10. Yeah. You know, and we got like incy bincy skewers that we got to skewer by hand. You know, it's, it's labor costs. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I know. I really yeah. do. So, well, yeah, we'll- you know, we haven't done outdoor yet either. So we haven't kind of done any of that jazz yet. Yeah. And our kids are too young to put them on child labor yet. So <laughs> they can't be serving tables. Hey, I just started my 13-year-old last month. I was like, bro, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of these PlayStation bills. You, it's time for you to, it's time for you to uh, start, start uh, paying for your own shit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, y'all want to wear a pair of Jordans? All right, well, you know that. Um, Family discount price and washing pit on a Friday night for like at least eight hours, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's hard to get that staffing, especially, you know, when everybody's opening up. Yeah. That is our biggest struggle right now is to find the staffing. Yeah. People who want to work. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the staffing is hard right now. I'm, I am with you. <laughs> hey, are you guys ready to play some games? I got a couple games for you. Okay. Yeah. You ready? Okay, so this one's because you two are a power couple. A power couple in the restaurant industry here with us. Bencho Yaki. Top five power couple restaurant tours in Sacramento. You guys you guys could go back and forth. Um we could we could start with five. You could go to one or you could just throw five five uh power couple restaurant tours and I, I i gotta i'm taking myself out of it you know me and jake are not allowed on this list <laughs> well mulvaney's yeah, okay mulvaney's all right cannon cannon all right Caccio. who's that Caccio. okay Caccio. okay well hawks oh hawks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Pizzasaurus at Rex. Yep. All right. All right. Nice. That's a nice list right there. Those are some very, very good uh, operations that those guys are running out there. And and Sushi Q. Ooh. Hey, that's my that's my spot. I love some Sushi Q. Those guys are doing it big out there in Elk Grove. We just had them for lunch today. They opened up the Southland Park one. Oh, they did? Okay. I'm going to have to go check it out. Yeah. yeah, that's some really good sushi out there. All right. So, There's a lot of power couples out there. There is. There is. Hey, five, you know, we just have time for five, though. <laughs> All right. Okay. Who's coming to dinner? So... It could be anybody. It could be a celebrity. It could be a comedian. It could be somebody that you like in sack. So five P 
people that you're inviting to bench Yaki tonight. You're going to put up, you know, something in the window so nobody can see people sitting down, you know, inside. But who's coming to dinner? Dead or alive? Dead or alive? Yeah. Ah, come on. <laughs> I definitely want some comedians. Uh, you know, probably going to have to say, uh, I'd like to have Dave Chappelle come eat. Oh, you know, yeah. Good. What about your favorite, your favorite rapper, Too Short? Too Short, yeah. You're good to have Too Short there, too. But he's going to have a bunch of bitches with him, right? <laughs> you got to tell him he got to come by himself. <laughs> Dead or alive? Yeah. Trying to think about that. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. That's a quick one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Oh, I, I, I guess we don't have that many people. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, too short to bring uh, people with them. To hear them shit talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Gordon Ramsay, Dave Chappelle, and Too Short. Put a female up in there. You got to put a female up in there. All right. Who would that, who would that be? You choose the female. I don't know. Well, I'm always going to say Nagina. Oh, yeah. Oh, she'll bring some fire. She, yeah. She'll bring some fire. With her. So, yeah. She's my ride or die. Yeah, that's what she said. All right, we got one more. We got one more person. One more person. Dead or alive. Princess Diana. Princess Diana. Oh, okay. All right. That's that's a curveball. <laughs> I I, I want to see Too Short and Princess Diana talk. <laughs> I want to see what that conversation is like. <laughs> and I want to I want to I want to know if they're leaving together. Oh. <laughs> uh, you might do that. Hey, cause hey, cause Prince Harry don't look like his uh his dad. That's, that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> all right, hey, this is the this is the part of the podcast where we're gonna come in hot, guys. We coming in hot. So this is a hot topic. Anything that you guys want to get out of, off of your chest? I know there's a pandemic coming on, uh, and you know, like you kind of already talked about it, Craig, you know, but this is your guys's topic that you're coming in hot. What we got? What you got? Uh, you know, yes, I know we're in a pandemic and everybody's opening up, but you know, everybody need to be safe too. You know, mm-hmm. when we're not all the way through this, not everybody's all vaccinated yet. This is not a hundred percent, you know, people's people's lives and families are at risk still too. And uh, you know, we want everybody to be safe and people that aren't, it kind of, it sucks. And then people are getting, getting upset that, you know, we're not open or whatnot, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, all this and that. And, you know, all these people already doing indoor dining before we're, really allowed to be doing mm-hmm. it it's like it's not really helping the situation you know everybody needs to kind of get out of their own way for a minute just to just to help help the society kind of get back together you know mm-hmm. it's like we all want to get back together and we all want to do what we used to do and hang out and be together and chill but you know it's like 
everyone just needs to be a little bit patient to help, you know, knock this, this, this thing out so that we can all do that. But, you know, the more people want to be stubborn and not, and not pay attention, you know, there's people in the restaurants. It's like as much as everyone else wants to dine out, but these people got to serve you too. And then you're, you know, you're not being safe or Mm -hmm. wanting to, you know, respect the same that that you want to go out with is like, that don't make sense to me. So, you know, some of that, that kind of stuff is a little bit irritating, you know, Mm -hmm. we all work in the restaurant industry. We want to be safe. We have families and stuff too. And everybody, everybody doesn't want to be safe and, and be around that kind of thing. But, you know, we want to be safe too. We want people to dine as, you know, it's cool to me it's like it's cool what you want to believe and do what you want to do Mm -hmm. but at the same time we still have to live in a society you know we still have you can't just live alone so i I totally understand that you know we all need to survive as a business and customer wants to eat and dine in again Mm -hmm. but it's really hard when we get a phone call and people ask if we're doing dine-in and we say we're not and we get some people just yelling at us like why we ain't open for indoor dining it's Mm -hmm. like you know don't tell me how to do my job yeah i'm not paying you you know But I get phone calls every day. Like, why, why, why am I not doing my job? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm sorry, but I got two young kids at home yep. and I have another one coming this Friday, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, we're, we're being very careful. I want yeah. my staff to be careful. I don't want them to come down because now it's so sad. You could actually talk to someone and said, my father passed away from COVID. It's yeah. like, who wants to hear that? Oh, that's, that's to me, it's, it's, it comes to a point that you need to tell me how to do my job. It's a little fish. Yeah. And so, you know, time will come. It will come for us to all be together again and eat. We just have to take it step by step. And sometimes, you know, patience is a virtue. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we just have to be a little bit more patient. And so the only thing we're asking for is, you know, we truly appreciate, you know, that we get our takeout and we get the business and we're surviving. It's hard and it's hard for everybody, but we will all get there at the other side of the tunnel eventually. Yeah. And we just have to make it together, not just everyone race to the end and whoever goes through that tunnel first is the winner. You know, we got to think about each other and we got to help each other and we got to help other restaurants too and hold hands and, and, and we all got to fight together. Yeah. We're, we're all in this together. We're, we're all, you know, like, and, and restaurants, you know, like we, we got the shaft this last year, you know, we're, we're some of the cleanest places, you know, that, that you could ever, we're, we're sanitary, we're sanitary before the pandemic, but for some reason we just got picked on. You know, and, but we're sitting here, we're still surviving. We ain't bitching and moaning when we get, you know, one email that says purple tier, then the next email says red tier, and then the next one says brown tier. And this is all in one fucking hour, guys. You know, like, you know, it's like you get something in the morning, by the end of the night, you're, you're out, you know, like, I'm just like, what the hell's going on? Then you call in the county. What can we do? The city's telling me this. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, where, where the fuck do I go after this? You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, let me just keep doing takeout and, that, and I'll be safe. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. At the end of the night, it's like, okay, well then can you give us some money? 
yeah. to help us survive. Yeah. Uh, uh, you gotta, you gotta give up your, your, your firstborn. You know, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, I've been in business for 15 years. You know, like you gotta have your tax returns from 2001. You know? <laughs> Might as well go get your report cards from Exactly. Got straight D's. Oh, uh, you can't have no loan. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man that was great that was awesome all right guys we got we're, we're headed towards the end here so the the way i got you on here was Najina said that you needed to be a guest on here so who should i have next craig and toki i don't know you i don't know we got so many i, I don't know I always say Najina, and Najina asked me. So, <laughs> Does that, is it? Is there like the, it could be anybody? Yeah, it could be. I, I try to keep it to sack and surrounding areas, but hey, if you got like a celebrity, you got Dave Chappelle on the uh, the line. You know, I could get him on here. Picture <laughs> and some bitches on the line, then that would be great. <laughs> I don't know who would it be. You, you get to choose. You know, I, one of the girlfriends that I've been, you know, helping us through the pandemic as a mother, um, as a worker, you know, we support each other. If you know Jereen Williams, she works for uh, Devil May Care Ice Cream. Oh, I do know her. Yeah. Yeah. Jereen. Yeah. That's the homie. Yeah. She, she, uh, she's still doing the Oak Park uh, Farmer's Market. No, she's she's fully at double care now. Okay, yeah, she she actually DM me a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's cool. All right, and and she's she's been my my mama that I go to. We talk all the time. We support each other during this pandemic. Her, Ninjina, Nana, you know, they're they're really my good friends, and and they just opened Devil May Care. They got the good ice creams. Mm-hmm. I've been all the time yeah they're right up the block from me (laughs) 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 all right guys well one more thing go ahead and plug your socials how can they get to you um you know websites everything that you want to plug this is the time go ahead and plug it well we're only open for takeout still but people eventually we will be open for dining just hang on tight with us we're doing our best we just want to make sure that we take the right steps, the right precaution. You know, it, it's we don't have time to fuck up. So we want to take time to not to fuck up. So mm-hmm. we're going to take it a little bit slower, but we will get there. Until then, we got the tick out. You go online. Most of our specials are always going on Instagram. So follow us on Binchoyaki on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, and you can just email give me an email at info at binchoyaki.com and we'll do our best to accommodate what your needs are. We're here for you. Okay. And what, what, oh, yeah. 11 to 8. I should say that. Okay. What's your, what's your address down there? We're at 226 10th Street. Right there on is. 10th and W. Right at the corner. 10th and W. I, I used to live on 8th and T. And that was, that's a crazy time. That's a, that's a good, that's a good neighborhood out there. <laughs> hey, hey, I just want to thank you guys for coming. You guys were so great. 
I love the story. I, I see the love. You know, congratulations on the new one coming aboard. Congratulations on the other two kids and the dog that I met before we got on. This is coming in hot. We just interviewed Craig and Toki from Bencho Yaki in South Side Sack. See you next week. You can always holler at me at Nash and Proper, all social media handles at Coming In Hot, at Chef Cease if you just want to holler at me if you need anything. Thank you, everybody. Love you. See ya. Thank you.